high and low, hot and cold. I looked everywhere for what I need, but now I know. Now I know I'm going back. Hello. Welcome to SOS. I am your host, Jennifer Elizabeth Masters. I hope you have a glass of wine or bubbly or a lovely, refreshing glass of water to join me tonight. I really appreciate you being here. I know there's plenty of places that you could be, you know, binge watching Netflix or Amazon Prime or something. So thank you for being here. Tonight's show is all about suicide and depression, prevention, awareness, and how can we move beyond this type of thing. I'm all about a better, happier life. As his heart-based intuitive soul sculptor and fearless healer, I almost said fearless leader, maybe I am a fearless leader, I guide you to chip away at whatever obstructs your health, happiness, or success so that you can have the life of your dreams. As an international best-selling author, you can find my books, including my audiobook, Orgasm for Life, on Audible and Amazon, and my website is jenniferelizabethmasters.com. So my goal is each week to share tools that will lift you, energy to support you, and at the same time, hopefully brightening your day, your life, adding a little humor and wisdom and maybe some irreverence to get you thinking outside the box because, you know, there is no box. And if you were looking for more happiness, abundance, and about to rise above life's circumstances, you are in the right place. So this is a deep and dark subject, and I will do my best to make it as light and happy (laughs) as I can. Now, as a person who has recovered from depression, I did suffer with it for well over three decades, probably more than half my life, you know, through teenage years when I really wasn't even aware that I was depressed. So depression has touched most of us in one way or another, you know, whether it is a friend that has had an episode of depression, or perhaps you know someone that has committed suicide, like I have. We are about to look at why it occurs, what causes people to want to take their own life, and my promise is to leave you with hope for yourself and loved ones, and maybe some tools that you can use to bring comfort and support. And, you know, along with what is going on with this world today, here we are in the midst of this COVID-19 virus pandemic facing many additional issues. People are out of work. People have been laid off. People are not making money. And of course, on top of that, social distancing can increase the risk of suicide. And it is important to consider, you know, that those people around us could be in that high risk factor. So there has been a study about this absolutely happening during this time. And so Uh, Since 1999, the suicide rate in the U.S. has risen by 35%. And according to a recent analysis by the Centers of Disease Control, if you believe them, suicide is the 10th leading cause of death in the U.S. And um, reasons for it. Let's just take a look at those. And the reasons for suicide are different with teenagers and adults. And, you know, we'll talk about what those differences are. So for adults... Economic stress, social isolation, and this is especially so during this time. Decreased access to community and religious support. People can't even go to church. You can't sing in the choir. And then, of course, you know, you can't even go to see your psychiatrist if you go in person or your therapist. And, of course, there could be increased illness and medical problems. And, of course, you know, we're inundated by media, social media, left and right, people sending us videos, and those things can increase stress, isolation, and depression as well. And this national anxiety is huge. And of course, there has been an increase in firearm sales. All of this is like a big soup that's bubbling like a cauldron. So I just want to tap into a little bit. What does depression feel like? Now, for those 
lucky enough to never have been touched by depression, bless you. Um, everyone is different, though. What most people report about depression, what it feels like, you have this reduced energy, you feel tired, dead inside, numb or listless. You may not care about life or even what others say to you. You may have difficulty concentrating, focusing on simple tasks. Your memory might be foggy or totally absent. That was one of the things that my husband loved to remind me that I didn't remember. And he used that against me constantly when I was depressed. But the memory will come back when you clear the depression. And mine did. I do remember most of my kids' names. So my memory improved tremendously, and yours can too after the depression and clears. Okay, so what does it feel like when you're suicidal? Now, I'm sharing this because I think it's important for us all to be aware what is someone going through that is facing suicide? Why would someone even go there? And for for those of you that have never been depressed and have never thought about wanting to kill yourself, you know, hallelujah, that's awesome. It's an awesome thing. But we, we have to be aware because there's people around us that may be going through a really difficult time. So what do they feel? What does someone who's feeling suicidal feel? They have ideas. So suicidal ideation means that they're having ideas about suicide. They think about it, they plan, and it is one of the things that plays on their mind, like a rolling tide over and over and over. It's relentless. They feel like there's no way out. Strong feelings of relentless despair, hopelessness, helplessness, coupled with a feeling of wanting to die. Someone who is suicidal may um, think of different ways they want to make it happen, and they may try different techniques on for size. 50% of men choose a gun. Suicidal people also want to talk about how they would kill themselves. So noticing this behavior should never, ever be downplayed. If someone says, well, if I was going to kill myself, I would jump off a bridge or I would jump out of a, um, a eighth floor window in an apartment. Take it seriously. That That is not something that someone says that is not thinking about suicide. Suicidal people want to talk about it. Noticing this behavior is imperative. Take it seriously. And like I said before, if you are not suicidal, you, you don't think about those things. So how prevalent is suicide? Well, according to suicidology, yes, that is a thing. Um, so uh, similar to the 2017 crude suicide rate, 14.8 is the highest crude rate observed in the States since 1938. The age-adjusted suicide rate was 142 and when you're looking at the COVID statistics, you can see that's a pretty big number. It is the highest age-adjusted rate since 1941 when the World War began. In the last 45 years, suicide rates have increased by 60%. Almost a million people die by suicide globally each year, which translates into 16 deaths per 100,000 or Oh, I have to take a deep breath when I say this. A death every 40 seconds. Staggering. I know. In the U.S. alone, in 2018, there were 48,344 suicides. Firearms accounted for 24,432 in 2018, which is just over 50%. In 2017, the numbers were slightly less by 1,171. So this translates to one male in the U.S. taking their life every 10.9 minutes. It's a scary thought, isn't it? Every 10.9 minutes. In less time than it takes to drink a cup of coffee, somebody's taking their life. And one female every 49 Point seven minutes. Suicide is among the leading 
the three leading causes of death among those aged 15 to 44 in some countries. And in the leading, the second leading cause of death in the age group, 10 to 24. It's hard to fathom that a 10-year-old would think of taking their life. And I know of someone. And why would someone that age take their life? Well, bullying at school. And, and parents not paying attention to it. Teachers not paying attention to it. When this type of behavior is allowed to continue, the kids feel that there's no way out. They feel like they don't fit in. They feel like they have no friends. And when you're that age, 10 years old, and you have no friends and you don't fit in and nobody is helping you, you feel like you have no way out. Now, these numbers that I've just mentioned do not include the suicide attempts. We'll talk about that in a little bit, which are 20 times more frequent than the completed suicide. So for every suicide death, there are 20 attempts. All right. So who is hardest hit? White elderly males. Okay. So what's the bigger picture? Why are people so damn depressed? So let's look at teens first. The problem is in behavior. Too much screen time, not enough community. Too much social media, comparing themselves to other people on social media. And there is such shaming on social media. If they speak out about something that is maybe not the party line in their little clique, they're bullied, bullying at school. So teens, teens that are playing too many video games rather than interacting and playing outside, you know, in nature is a big problem. Statistics about video gameplay show poor school grades, inability to sleep properly. And sleep, if you know, it's a big requirement for us humans. We produce serotonin when we sleep. Without enough sleep, depression ensues. And of course, you know, too much isolation, breakups they can't handle. And of course, social media, they're spending all this time on social media, on their phones. If you watch kids, if you, when there was socialization happening in our town, I remember going by the mall and seeing a bunch of kids, four or five kids on, on the side of the road, and they're all on their phones. Nobody's talking. They're with their friends, but they're not talking to one another. That's a problem. And where are they learning that? Social media does not replace friendships where you can look one another in the eyes, get a hug, Squeeze a hand, a leg, a thigh, a shoulder. These kids lack coping skills to deal with strong emotions when they have them. And of course, they're not learning how to handle emotions at school. It's not one of their subjects. So there's another thing that is an issue. And I know we don't like to think about teenagers drinking and, and taking drugs, but they do. So alcohol and drug abuse figure prominently into suicide, of course, with adults as well, but also divorce in the home, feeling emotionally abandoned. And I just want to highlight Marie Osmond's 18-year-old son back in 2007, um, jumped out of an apartment window, eight-story apartment window. And his parents' marriage had, had failed. They'd been married for 20 years. It had ended two years earlier, and he explained in a suicide note he felt like he had no friends and he could never fit in. The interesting thing was when he jumped, he had friends in the apartment. Strange. But the one thing that I will say that I noticed when I was reading about this history and the story, Michael was adopted. So we all have trauma. What we need to understand is that an adopted child has trauma. Their mother gave them up for adoption. That's abandonment. It's abandonment from the time of birth. 
and that needs to be dealt with, with therapy, energy clearing. I recently worked with a woman who's a beautiful lady. She had no idea that she had an issue with abandonment from birth when her mother gave her up for adoption. And it was huge, pervasive in all areas of her life. When I highlighted it and connected the dots, it was like, wow, I can't believe, no wonder all these things have been happening to me all these years. Adoption's a big deal. Emotional abandonment is a big deal. Sexual molestation is a huge deal. So Michael's feeling of never fitting in has to do with the fact that his mother gave him up. She didn't want him. These programs are totally unconscious, meaning we are unaware of how debilitating they are and how overwhelming the effect has on our ability to thrive, feel loved, and happy. So what are the signs to watch for in teenagers? These are really important. A lot of them will carry over to adults. Helplessness or hopelessness, low self-esteem, sluggishness, substance abuse, could be alcohol, it could be drugs. Spending more time alone, including away from you, parents, away from their regular friends. They're making excuses why they're not doing those things. Decrease in desire to do the things that they had so much fun doing before, like sports, activities, hobbies. Having physical ailments, headaches, appetite problems, sleeping problems, difficulties in school, failing grades, getting into trouble, not paying attention. Talking about death or suicide. Not giving a hoot about how they look. And you know teenagers do care about how they look. And running away from home. All right. So let's get to the hope. There is hope. I promised you hope. So according to teendepression.org, 80% of teens with depression can be successfully treated if they get the right help. It is work that I do. Now, I suffered from depression from my childhood because I had a narcissistic mom who put me in harm's way who didn't help me when I cried for help. Okay, so she continued to ignore my cries. When no one listens, we learn helplessness. Learned helplessness is when no matter what we do, no one helps us. And then we decide to not even bother trying. So I'm going to talk about a couple of people that I worked with that had depression and then you're going to hear from someone that had suicide and deep depression, suicidal ideation and deep depression. I think you'll find it very interesting. So just a couple more things here. So Andrea was an attorney in L.A., suffered from depression in her teenage years. Her father shared his plan to commit suicide with her and then succeeded in doing so. She felt helpless to stop her father from taking his life. She blamed herself into her 30s unconsciously until it finally surfaced as suicide. She was certain it was her fault her father committed suicide. She should have been able to help him. And while I was working on Andrea, I could taste vodka. This is really important. When I asked if she was drinking, I told you, I, I was on the phone with her. I tasted vodka. When I asked if she was drinking, she told me yes. She'd been drinking all day since the morning and for many days. So the important thing here about alcohol is that it is involved in over a quarter of all suicides in the U.S., approximately 7,500 per year. Suicide is 120 times more prevalent among adult alcoholics than in the general population. Alcohol has higher rates of both attempted and completed suicide than non-abusers. More than one-third of suicide victims used alcohol prior to death. And the, the caveat here is that this often happens on weekends when they don't have to sober up for work. And they get this alcohol intoxication, which predicts the use of a more lethal means of suicide, a firearm. When intoxicated, people are much more likely to attempt a suicide, which is a 
they're using a means where they'll have a very low probability of survival. Shooting yourself is, I, I know of one man that did live through it, but I think he wished he hadn't. So for this woman, Andrea, I recognized how dangerous it was for her. She wasn't even able to stay on the phone with me while I worked on her. She continued to drink. Well, on a side note, I just have to say the energy clearing I did, whether she was on the phone or not, was just as powerfully remotely. So I worked on her to clear the helplessness, the trauma of holding on to the secret, feeling responsible for her dad's death as a 14-year-old. I worked rigorously on her addiction, self-hatred to release all these old patterns. And it took two hours. And, and I removed despair, anger, grief, self-abuse, and really heavy, dark energy. Most people that are suicidal have energy attachments. You can call them demons. You can call them whatever you want to call them. Uh, but they have energy attachments, which is why they feel like there's no way out. And the dark energy doesn't give a hoot about the host. It's all about sucking their energy, using that energy that they are to live. So since that time, since those clearings, I did three of them for her. She's back practicing law in LA. She's back taking care of her daughter, thriving. There's one other person I want to talk to you about, also a woman. She attempted 12 times to take her life. She had severely diminished self-esteem. She had multitude of sexual abuse in her childhood, parents that were emotionally unavailable. Um, her father actually was a pot dealer. This was before it was legal. She felt abandoned and unloved. I cleared her once, and she was free. So this is possible, people, with an energy clearing. It is amazing, can be life-changing. So anyway, Sierra is now married, living a very happy, balanced life. And I'd really like for you to hear from Star West Perry. I think she's on the line. Hello. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, Star. Thanks for being here tonight with me and everyone. It's a, it is a pleasure. Well, thank you. Um would you mind sharing a little bit about where you were? First of all, um, how long ago was it that you suffered from severe depression and suicide ideation? I've had depression off and on all my life. Um, but the suicidal ideation, probably since I was 18. May I, may I ask and you kind of a star? Can I ask you a personal question? Yes. Were you molested as a child? Yes. Okay. I'm sorry about that. I'm really sorry. And and that is often um, the source of depression because of the the stuffed emotions. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go on. Um, but it, you know, it started around 18 and I, I got married very young. It was an abusive marriage and, um, that was when some of the thoughts first began to come into my mind. And then I had a baby and another baby. And so that kind of distracted me. Mm-hmm. Raising kids from that. So when when did Still it suffering become, from depression? When did it become so bad that you were in despair, like you really considered taking your life? Two thousand seventeen, and, and, and my youngest son was deployed. You're so. How old was Michael when he was deployed? He was 18 when he left. Um, he had just turned 19 when this hit me. And what was your relationship and, like with him? Star, can you hear me? I can. Before he left to go in the Army, 
and before he eloped, we had a great relationship. I mean, we had good times. We talked. Not to say that we didn't butt heads every now and then, but we went from a wonderful relationship to no relationship, no communication, and not to place the blame, but at the time, I was blaming the new wife for everything, which she did stir things. How old were... How old were those two when they got married, your your son and your daughter-in-law? Um, 19. Okay. Okay. All right. They eloped um, right before he deployed. Okay. Did your, de- so did your depression did get, have... did, did it get worse when he was deployed then? It did, because he was in, I know people don't think that things are actively going on over in Iraq, but they are. He was doing things and seeing things that no human should have to do or see, much less, you know, an 18, 19-year-old. Right. So was he talking to you during this time? I mean, did you have much communication with him while he was deployed or no? No, because his wife did not want him telling me things first, Um, and she wanted the communication to be about her and her family, which that's resolved too, but we'll get to that later. Okay, but there's another layer to this too. Uh, You lost a dear friend, right? Yes, my very best friend in the world and someone who I could talk to with absolutely no judgment and I always knew what was said between us was between us and she was the sister I never had. (coughs) So you you had deep trust with her, correct? Very. And and you did not have it with any other woman prior to that time, yes? No, no, I did not. Including your mother, right? Including my mother. Mm-hmm. I had always had difficulties with females. Most of my best friends were males. So, Star, can I ask you a question about your mom? Yes. Was your mom, or is your mom, a narcissist? Yes. Okay. So for for those of you that have not experienced narcissistic abuse, having a mom that is a narcissist, you'll find that there's not bonding with mother and child. And, And often the narcissistic mother is in competition with the daughter, doesn't want the daughter to succeed or do well. Um, there's jealousy um, and, and terrible abuse, you know, often cruelty. You, you were also the scapegoat, weren't you? Oh, yeah. Yes. yes I so, was the scapegoat for okay. a lot with her. Okay. All right. So can, can you tell me about the time that, and we talked about this, um, about you sitting on the porch where you – you had feelings and thoughts going through your mind that you could not stop. What was going through your mind? That I was tired of everything. I was tired of struggling. I was tired of health issues. I was just tired. I was tired. I was tired of financial issues. And I didn't want to have to deal with it anymore. And you're not thinking of other people at that time. You're only thinking of yourself and how to end the pain. You want out of the pain. Did, did you have the ability, uh, and, and Star, thank you so much for sharing your story because this is a, it's a deeply personal share, and, and you're giving people the opportunity 
to get inside someone's mind, you know, so that they can have an understanding for any loved one they may have lost or or perhaps you could help them understand, you know, a loved one that is going through something similar. So thank you so much for sharing. You had told me there was a pervasive thought and feeling that you had. Do you remember what it was? Yeah. You said? Okay. Um, I don't remember, Jennifer. Were you feeling despair? Yes. I had a lot of despair. And I was you very cr- depressed. I was sleeping 18 to 20 hours a day. Wow. Okay. And crying, didn't you say you were sobbing. crying? Yeah, sobbing. I was sobbing. I mean, it was, if the neighbors, I can't believe, could not hear my sob. They probably did. And I had a bottle of heart pills. I was on the front porch so that I wouldn't die inside the home. And my husband came out. And this was three in the morning. And um, for a week, he stayed out of work because he was afraid to leave me. There was talk of having me committed, Mm. Uh, but I reached out to you. (laughs) Wow. Okay. And so, so when we connected, how was that for you? What happened? Do you remember? Um, It was very emotional. I remember that. But after you had cleared me, I felt better. I still had a few thoughts that crept in after the first clearing. Um, But nothing like what I had experienced before. And then we did a second clearing and since then, I have had no thoughts. It's it's not it's not there anymore. I want to live. You you lost a friend to suicide after that clearing, right? Yes, yes, and I did. A very dear friend, like a brother. I'm really sorry about about that. And you didn't feel tempted? No, because I was on the other side then of the pain of losing someone and trying to figure out why this person did that. The grief that had set in not only for my female best friend, But this person, who was like a brother, and I just never had a thought then. But I I understood, oh, my gosh, this affects so many people. His children, his grandchildren, Mm -hmm. the friends, the parents, the coworkers. And you did not have but that. But you don't thought think before. that way. Wow. Okay. No, you're not thinking that. You're only thinking of yourself and that you just want the pain. You want to get off the merry-go-round. You're tired of riding the merry-go-round. You did, want did, off. Did you feel there was another way when you were feeling suicidal? No. No, I thought that was it. That was my only choice. But I now realize that would have been a permanent thing to a temporary situation because there's always a way out. Always. That, that's probably the most powerful statement that, that you've made. A temporary, a, it's a temporary situation and it's a permanent solution. Absolutely. 
and and always a way out. That's right. a powerful star. Wow. Wow. Okay, so I've I've got a couple more questions for you. Thank you so much for sharing that very personal event and I, I really appreciate you doing this for everyone to hear. Well, I I appreciate you being able to get me through. So did you really feel, because I, I just want to, you know, I don't want to toot my own horn, you know, without being certain that it was, was it the energy clearing that did it? Absolutely. Absolutely. I know that without a shadow of a doubt. Well, that's powerful. I, I, I thank you. I want to ask you, when you were feeling that deep sense of despair, how did you feel about yourself? What were the thoughts that you were thinking about you personally? Do you remember? Um, a failure as a mother. Failure. Oh, I wow. was really beating myself up as wow. as a mother um, because I also had an older child, 14 years older than my baby, that was an uh-huh. alcoholic, a daughter that was 12 years older than the baby that was going through issues at the time. And, of course, I blamed myself for all of it. And there was nothing I could do. But also in working with you, I have learned I can't control anybody else. That's I can only control me. I was going to ask you, thank you for saying that, because I was going to say, well, what has changed? What have you learned that has really changed your perspective. And that's been it. Number one is, you know, again, I can only control myself. Number two, you have to want the help. And then you have to do your homework. Ah. There's that. A biggie. You have to do your part. It's like I might want a garden, but unless I go out and plant that garden and take (laughs) care of it, I'm not going to have a garden. That's that. I love that metaphor. That's beautiful. Okay. So, can you share a little bit about your homework? What have What have you been doing that's helped you? Well, I can tell you I have completely healed my relationship with not only my young daughter-in-law and my son. It has Congratulations. been through the homework, sending love, I'm getting cold chills, from heart to heart, <laughs> wrapping yeah. them in pink, fluffy icing, <laughs> and learning that they're grown children. They are adults, and they have their own lessons to learn in life. So, so okay, so that does was that, a big one for me. You can't save them or protect them from their lessons. Nope. It's their lessons, and they have to go through them. Wow, that's powerful, Star. Wow, congratulations. That was a hard that, one for me to learn. <laughs> you and me both, you my dear. That. <laughs> Being a parent is not easy. Kids don't come with a manual. No. No. <laughs> well, I I think that's beautiful. So, um, the pink icing. I mean, I know that's that's a technique that that I taught you. Um, I, I just want to highlight how powerful this was because when I gave this technique to Star to do, she was so determined she was going to make make a difference. And she, she really, you know, she, she did her homework. When, when Star says she did her homework, she did it. When I gave her a project or I, I told her something to do. So this is the important thing. There's follow-up work. We have to change our thinking. So is there, did you use a mantra by any chance to, to help yourself? Yeah. Okay. I use mantras. I do meditation, um, prayers, 
but you have to do you have to be willing to put in the work so would you say you're doing something every day then yes well bravo for you my dear bravo and I try to trick my mind into thinking a mundane task. And if I'm lying down, I circle my foot while I say my mantra <laughs> to sneak those past the gatekeeper. <laughs> so what Star is speaking of is that I, I, one of the techniques that I use is we have to give our mind something to do because our mind is full of crazy thinking. And what the mantra does It gives the unconscious mind something to occupy itself that's positive as opposed to I hate myself. I'm such a failure. I'll never succeed. I'm not going to do this. Everybody hates me. Those types of thoughts can lead to suicide. We have to stop those thoughts. So Star has got this preemptive thought. And she's thinking it. She's twirling her foot because the the thing that that I teach is that you have to access the unconscious mind while the mind is in neutral. So stars twirling. She told me this today. This is funny. It's so clever, Star. So so if she can't go for a walk, um, then she's going to twirl her right foot. So she's given herself something to do to take. Her, her kind of her mind off, put her mind in neutral. And then what's the mantra you use, Star? Star? I use a lot of different ones, but I am in vibrant health from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet, and my body knows just what to do. Yeah, that's beautiful. Beautiful. Wow. I love me, and I do love me. So would you say at the time of your suicide ideation, were you feeling self-love at all? No. Wow, you've come a long way, two years then, my dear, a long way. Wow. 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 So you've given people a lot of like myself at all. Wow. I hope that I have. And the biggest thing for people, I hope if just one person, I hope more, but if one person will just reach out, always know it will get better. Things will change. And that's the that's the truth. You know, we're we're in this lockdown right now. Things will change, right? Things are going to change, and they right. they're going to keep changing. And and that's the thing is that we we have to be able to be flexible. Well, to to right. go from, and to, from, to find the gratitude and the rainbows, yeah, even that, on the darkest of days. And, that's beautiful. and I was in. A tornado. I wasn't in just a dark, heavy rain. It was a tornado. Wow. And um, then the the sun came out. The rainbows were there. But if you look, you can find gratitude in everything. So what do you feel like the gratitude did for you? I think I'm happier. Okay. I feel more love for myself um, financially things are much much better just life is better and you know the relationship with my children is really good with all of them so I have I have another kind of a wrap-up question so when okay. you were focusing on the dark, and and the failure and the negative side of everything. Would you say that your life was in a tailspin, going down fast? Yes. I felt like I was in a deep, deep rabbit hole and that I could not climb out. And again, you have blinders on. All you're focused on, and you can't help it, is 
the bad that you see. Well, and that's not because that it's it, going to get better. Yeah. Well, when you focus on the bad, that's all you see, right? Right. On the negative. When you focus on the negative, that's all you see. Wow. Okay. So then when you turned your thoughts around and started being grateful, then that tailspin may have taken a little bit to get it turned around, but it started going upwards in a upward spiral, correct? Correct. Ever upward. And, and there's so much to be grateful for. I mean, little things that people don't realize. Being able to use your hands. Mm-hmm. You know, well, we don't think about that or, or walking or, you know, the easy things are a roof over your head, and, you know, to think about in food and the refrigerator, but think about the small things that are really big things that we should be grateful for. So you couldn't see the light of day, and now you're seeing rainbows and unicorns. <laughs> That's powerful. So, so what I want to highlight, that what you said was, even your financial situation be- began to change, your relationships began to change, because you were focused on something different, something positive, gratitude. Loving yourself. And people think that this is trite stuff, but it's powerful. Wow. You changed your life. You know, the gratitude journal is great. Especially right before bed, because it gets you focusing on gratitude right before you slip off to sleep. So you're really accessing the unconscious mind, right? Yeah. Right. Speaking of which, it's it's getting late where you're at. So start on the East Coast. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on tonight and sharing your story from such a deep and raw place. It was a beautiful thing and I'm I'm extremely grateful for you. I love you. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you for having me and I love you. We're gonna have to have a cup of tea sometime. Hopefully soon. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, my dear. Have a beautiful night. Really appreciate you. you. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. So What I wanted you to hear, which I know you all did, suicide doesn't have to be the end. Suicide doesn't have to take place. There is help and an energy clearing saved her life. And with a little coaching, she's totally changed her thought process. And in the, in the process of changing her thinking, thinking about the positive instead of the negative. Even her finances have changed for the better. Her relationship with her son, (laughs) she didn't share this, but she has shared it with me. So doing this pink light technique that I taught her has totally healed the relationship between her son and her. She did not have to talk about the issues. She just sent him love. And it shifted the entire relationship miraculously. So suicide and depression do not have to be medicated. We don't need to be medicated. There's lots of different ways to get help. So I want, I want you to have hope. So what do we need to do? We need to Stop the debilitating or negative behavior. We have to change the way we think about ourselves. Depressed people are irritable, negative, and complain, and complaining doesn't help. Focusing on the negative only makes us feel worse. Negativity makes us sick. 
and can lead to suicide. Self-abuse is like beating ourselves up several times a day with a baseball bat after highlighting our flaws with a magnifying glass. So we let go of trying to be perfect. We stop thinking about what others think of us. And maybe we stand up for what we believe in, hold ourselves to a higher, a higher character with better boundaries instead of allowing our children to abuse us. Stop eating crap, (laughs) eating healthier, uh, doing exercises like the five Tibetan rites. You're focused on positive thoughts. I love me. I am safe. I am healthy. I am protected. Eating lots of leafy greens. Do you know that a plant-based diet can shift depression in two weeks? So I'm going to give you a couple more things that will help. Deep breathing. Most people that are depressed are barely breathing or holding their breath. And I have a couple of other things for you, too, in just a moment. So you want to activate the vagus nerve. Cold showers. I'm taking cold showers every day. Yes, I am. So I might slip into the shower when it's hot, and then gradually I ratchet it down, ratchet it down, ratchet it down. The cold shower, cold water on the top of your head, on your thymus, where your throat is, on the front of your chest. Not only does it help to prevent depression and alleviate depression, but it also activates your immune system, which is what we need right now. Deep breathing, belly breathing, activating the vagus nerve, sleeping on the right side. You know, Wim Hof has has some things that he does. Now, I didn't have Wim Hof when I did this. I did it on my own. Deep breathing. Kundalini yoga. All right. So there's lots of different ways to get through depression. So I also have a few things for you. So one of the things that I do is I work with the unconscious mind, and we talked about that. But there's also the gut. The, the, the gut is so important. The microbiome is it's, it's one of the leading causes of leaky gut, uh, candida, and also depression. So if our gut is out of whack and out of balance and we've got candida, that's yeast, we we really need to get that cleaned up, and there's a couple of ways you can do it very easily. Caprylic acid will kill yeast. Acidophilus helps to put the, the good bacteria back in balance. Do your research as to which ones are the best. You want the ones with the active cultures, and I think it's like <laughs> billions and billions of active cultures, and 95% of the serotonin is created in the gut, not in the brain. Only, only 5% of serotonin is created in the brain. So our, if our gut is out of whack, and I've heard doctors say for years that death begins in the colon. We have, we have to you know, do a colon cleanse once a year. It's a great time to do it. So changing your thinking, change your eating, clean up your gut, love yourself. And what I will tell you is this anger, anger. Depression is caused by angry feelings we feel we don't have a right to have. Suppressing this emotion turns into depression. The longer we stuff emotions, the harder it is, the more depressed we feel. So if you've got clutter in your car, You don't want to shower. You don't want to shave or put makeup on. You don't care how you look. You're emotionally reactive. You're leaving things on the floor, bills unpaid, not returning phone calls, overwhelmed. You're not interested in sex. You feel unloved. You feel unwanted. Increased weight or loss, eating low vibrational foods. Maybe you're depressed. Take my quiz. I have a depression quiz on my website. It's on the first page. Just scroll down, jenniferelizabethmasters.com. And, you know, I have to do my little segment on it's all bullshit. So I'm not going to dwell on the bullshit part too much because I know this is a really heavy and dark subject. But I will say this about the bullshit thinking. Antidepressants do not cure depression. Now, for some people, 
going on an antidepressant for a short time to get themselves straight so that they can have therapy so that they're not suicidal. However, what I will say to that, there are antidepressants that people commit suicide on. One in five people who commit suicide are on antidepressants. So don't rely on antidepressants to cure if they don't cure depression. They may make you feel numb, get you into a flat space a little bit, out of. but you need therapy, you need coaching, you need energy healing. Don't just be satisfied with just taking a pill. I had someone call me. I'm on antidepressants. I feel numb and I'm so darn angry. What's wrong with me? I said, well, <laughs> anger is the source of the depression. The antidepressant made her felt feel numb, but she hadn't handled the anger. You've got to deal with the root cause. Is it abandonment? Is it anger? Were you molested? Are you angry because your mom didn't love you? She was a narcissist. You were whatever it is. You've got to deal with that root cause. And a pill doesn't do it. That's the bullshit part. Pill doesn't do it. <laughs> Okay, so what I do want to tell you is that on my website, jenniferelizabethmasters.com, I have a package that heals depression. It has a, two full energy clearings, and it has four beautiful audios that I created in a studio. One is transmuting worry and fear. Um, my daughter was experiencing really deep anxiety, came to visit me when I was in Colorado, and she hadn't slept in days. And, you know, our kids criticize us the most, right? She goes, Mom, I don't normally like your stuff, but it put me right to sleep. She listened to it, and she was in practically a coma almost immediately. So this transmuting worry will calm your anxiety. There's also one transmuting guilt and shame. Guilt and shame come from a lot of things. They come from rape. It comes from rape, comes from molestation. And how many of you had that as a child? Both men and women. And so we want to clear those. They're the lowest vibrating emotions, guilt and shame, vibrating at about 20 on a scale of 1 to 1,000. So you want to get rid of that. And, of course, the cognitive therapy. There, There is also an audio in that package. It's called, uh, the, I think it's called The Dance of Anger. But two energy healings and guilt and shame. And then there's depression level one, which lists the darkness of depression. And depression level two, you're going to be thrilled about this one. It lists suicidal ideation from your energy field. And so you can take my quiz and check out the package. And if you're interested in getting more information, you are free to email me at jenniferelizabethmasters at gmail.com. I also have YouTube videos, energy clearings and YouTube. So do a little research. You've got the time right now. So now, now's the time to check it out. Okay, again, my website is jenniferelizabethmasters.com. So this entire package is so powerful that you'll feel lighter, sleep better, be relieved of suffering. Your depression will lift, you'll focus, and life will return to better than normal. Hope and joy will return as the dark veil lifts when you listen to these audios. I am Jennifer Elizabeth Masters. I have so enjoyed being with you this evening. Thank you so much for being here and joining me. I wish you passion, joy, love, and a life of health beyond your wildest dreams. I hope you'll join me in two weeks' time when I'm going to help you manifest a magical life. I love you. Good night. Going back, I'm going back, I'm going back to loving me. High and low, hot and cold, I looked everywhere for what I need. But now I know 
fire it made, I wouldn't change a single thing. Found a way to make it work stronger for the road that hurts.